Welcome to Write Your Book in a Flash with Dan Janelle, the only podcast where you'll learn how successful people just like you have grown their businesses, expanded their influence, and made more money by writing a book. On each episode, you'll learn the inside secrets to help you create a book that can serve as a powerful marketing tool to skyrocket your business. I'm your host, Dan Janelle. I help thought leaders, business executives, and entrepreneurs write their books. To find out more, go to writeyourbookinaflash.com. Now, let's welcome today's guest, Susan Harrow. How are you, Susan? Great to see you again after all this time. Yeah, we've got so long ago speaking, actually. Exactly. Maybe 20 years ago, we've been friends and brainstorming and doing creative ideas and helping each other grow our businesses. So it's really great to feature you on the show. But for people who don't know you, why don't you uh, give a little brief introduction of yourself, please? Yeah, so I help CEOs, business leaders, entrepreneurs, consultants, thought leaders double their revenue with media interviews by using sound bites effectively. Fantastic. And we're going to talk about how to use sound bites on the show. So first of all, uh, why don't you tell everyone what a sound bite is and why it's important? Yeah, I think sometimes sound bites have a bad rap, which is people think that they're clever quips. But really what they are are your key messages that you want to deliver to your audience to inspire them to buy or engage with you. And they're stories, statistics, facts, vignettes, anecdotes, analogies. Um, and so you want to intersperse that into your natural conversation so you get your points across in every interview and you grow your business in the direction you want. So that's a real um, skill to develop when you're in conversation. And I think that since you work with speakers a lot, speakers don't realize this because they're standing on a platform and they think that they, and, and they're in complete control of their words and the energy in the room. And when you're in a media interview, it's a back and forth and you have no control over the other person. You only have control over yourself. And that's why plan, prepare, and practice to be free to be spontaneous so you can get your points out under any circumstances with any personality. Great. That's a wonderful overview. Now, people who are listening to this have written a book with the 20,000, 40,000 words, and they're trying to compress it down to five or six clever answers for a podcast. What advice do you have for them? How can they sift through all that material to come up with their best stuff? Well, first you want to reread your book because by the time you've finished it or you've written it for them, Dan, you've forgotten what's in it. So you want to re-familiarize yourself with the material. And that might sound funny and ridiculous, but I can't tell you how many speakers and consultants and business people I've worked with and media trained them for their book tours. And they're like, I'm already on to my next book. I'm like, yes, but we're promoting this one. So the first step is to think about the kind of questions that are going to lead you into the information that you want. You as a podcaster, it's ideal for you, not you because you're so spontaneous and skilled, but a lot of podcasters want you to give them questions. And this is the same for major media as well, whether it's a TV show, whether it's a radio interview, whether it's a print interview, you prepare the questions because then you control the perception. So when you start to narrow this down, you have to have a couple of types of stories, and I think it would be helpful to talk about that. Number one is your signature story, because every single 
interviewer is going to ask you, why do you do what you do? Why did you start a company? Why did you write your book? So you need to have an answer to that, number one. And then number two, your signature story is that, but it's also got to be something really super interesting that captivates the audience. Um, the second kind of story or something that you want to extract from your book is, do you have success stories, um, stories that you can tell how you've had results through your clients or customers or sales? And then the third one is advice. Like what advice and insights do you have for me? If you have a combination of those three things for an audience, that can be super helpful. Cool. So that was your soundbite on soundbites. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That is my soundbite on soundbites. I mean, that was, I did number one, two, three. That's a super easy format for anybody. Like when you have advice... Um, on any kind of show, uh, you'll see you've seen this all over the internet. The three top things that you know, the three biggest mistakes, the three top things to avoid, those sorts of things. You want to start thinking in that framework. And the reason why we think like that is because it's kind to your host and it's kind to your audience because then they know how to follow you and how long you're going to talk and what they can expect and how to stay tuned in. So I could have framed that and said. I think I did say, did I say there's three types of soundbites? Yes, so you're waiting for the three. And you don't have to interrupt me because you know. And if I pause or talk too long, you as a host can say, Susan, what's number three? That's Mm -hmm. great. What's number three? You know, so if if I were going on too long, you could politely, or impolitely as the case may be, (laughs) jump in and try to, you know, corral me into giving me information that... uh, your audience wants to hear. Are there any mistakes that people make when they think they're doing sound bites? Yes, like you talked about, they they think that just a clever quip is a great sound bite, but that is not going to grow your business. So you really want to think about before you do your book tour or write your book proposal, how do you want to grow your business? And really think about um, what you want, what is the result that you want from your publicity? Because a lot of times people don't, they just think, I want to be in the New York Times or I want to be on Super Soul Sunday or, you know, I want to be in Forbes. You know, so what is that going to give you? Do you want more consulting? Do you want to sell your programs, your products? Yes, we know you want to sell your book, but that's not going to bring in the kind of money that, you know, most of the time. So it's it's whatever is connected with the book and also the ancillary products and programs that you're creating from the book. Um, so what, what was your question? Did you, you ask me what should not authors do? Okay, so they, they first of all, they need to plan how they want to grow their business because the sound bites are based on that foundation. And then the second thing that they should never do in an interview is, is say, in my book why never do we know the title of your book it's really very sounds very self-promotional when people say in my book do i care about your book no do i care about what's in your book yes so instead of saying in my book i would say in sell yourself without selling your soul published by harper collins some of the things that i address are why you know what kind of publicity campaign should you create giving your energy and style and whether you're an introvert or an extrovert? 
And one of the things that I might share about that or what I tell, so then I give a teaser. As I would say, you know, if you are somebody who's more introverted, podcast could be perfect, especially if you don't, if you don't need to be on camera. And if you're an introvert and you don't really want to speak to someone, then do print or do blog or do blog postings. And you can start there if you love to write. Because if you're a writer and you love to write, you can do guest blog posts or you can write articles or you can be a guest, um, you can write for the opinion page of the New York Times. What can authors do to sell more of their services without sounding self-promotional? That's where the success stories come in. So you might say something like, I mean, so I'm working, oh, the other thing that we, we were talking about, you and I ahead of time, like what kind of, how can we refer people to each other? And so one of the, the areas that I want to move into more is um, media training founders of companies that are on the cutting edge of something really creative or wonderful. And so I have um, a client right now who is um, going to pitch investors to, for $10 million. She's got a very unique angle. And so one of the things that, um, and by the way, she's using Clubhouse and getting connections there. One of the things that when we were in a conversation, um, she was saying, oh my gosh, I've got all this interest on Clubhouse for people who want to work with me with a company that I haven't created yet. And I said to her, let's get all of the, get a commitment letter, work with your attorney, set up a commitment letter, get a commitment letter, and we're going to take those commitment letters and create them and put them into a big stack when you're on your Zoom calls with investors and they're going to say, hey, here are the commitment letters that I've got for um, the business that I want. And then the other thing that we created just yesterday was she was applying for a $500,000 grant and um, we worked on her 62nd. She needed to submit a 60-second. What is her business about? We wanted to be able to explain her business in 60 seconds as well as a typical pitch meeting, which is 12 minutes and 20 minutes. But first, because of this application, we needed to do it in 60. And we did. We came up with a brilliant, you know, 60 seconds that really describes her business. Now, by telling you that story, I'm showing you that a story of my client who has gotten results for me. Once she gets that $500,000 grant and she gets that $10 million, then I'm going to tell you, about uh, a little bit about not the process necessarily, but that I media trained her and she got her ten ten million dollars that she got the result. So when you're talking about your book, you want to tell a story that shows that you get results for your clients, your customers, and your sales. So that goes the same thing if it's a product. You know, you have you talk about somebody who's used your product and gotten some, you know, had some wonderful result from it of uh, something that's that either expresses a feeling, you know, something that happens inside of them, an experience, or, you know, something monetary, something that we can measure that's quantifiable or transformational. Great. One thing that I picked up from that story is you identify the kinds of clients you want to work with, which also excludes the clients you don't want to work with, which is just as important so you don't waste your time or their time uh, because it's just not a good fit. Uh, yeah, and I could have actually further clarified that if I wanted to narrow it down, that she's um, 
a black woman working on inclusion. So if I then if I want if I actually said that, then what happens is people who are black and are and are devoted for to inclusion and diversity would then say, oh, I that's right for me. That's right for Susan works for me. So I can actually make it as narrow and as broad as I wanted versus just a woman, you know, woman entrepreneur. But I could say a black woman, you know, who is who is devoted to diversity and I can't tell you about her product, but you know, her idea for her business yet. But I can say that. And then and the reason why I'm so specific about that and getting so granular is because if you don't identify people specifically, they don't necessarily raise their hand and say she's for me. Exactly. When I heard your story I was mind reading, and most people are really, really bad mind readers, myself included. I was thinking, oh, she must be doing development for high-tech companies introducing new products. So I could not have been more wrong. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah, and it's it's actually um, it is something in te- it is sort of tech, but um, but it's something. Yeah, so okay. it doesn't. We, we don't have to go there. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. What other mistakes do people make without realizing that they're being overly self-promotional when they're on a podcast? Um, they try to get... Okay, so they'll also say um, you can... Okay, here's the, here's the way not to say it. Like, I have 10 tips in my book on this topic, and you need to go to my book to buy it, to get it. The proper way is to give a little tease. You know, I have 10 tips on um, how to, you know, give a great interview on a podcast. And I, I can share three of those with you now. Because we only have so much time in our limited podcast. Right. Yeah. Okay, good. That works. That, that sounds uh, useful <laughs> and not, not manipulative in any way. Um, let's go back to an earlier comment you made about uh, giving the host ten questions to ask you. What advice would you have? What What would those ten questions be? Uh, generally speaking, of course. So they're questions that lead you into your information. So mm-hmm. there, there's typical formats that we all love that you and I were chatting a little bit about the the three biggest mistakes, the secrets. The um, you know things that you don't know that you don't know in those kind of formats. Like um, we might talk about you know we might have if we were promoting this we might say the number one mistake that authors should never make on a podcast interview. And I talked about that right, which is like say in my book, which is really super obnoxious. And sometimes people say it like ten times. So it's always the key to that is you want to say the title of the book, but you don't want to say it too much. Right, and because it, because it sounds self-promotional, and if the host is going to say it, then you don't say it. So I, that's the rule of thumb. If you had said, you know, Susan, I know you, you're the author of Sell Yourself Without Selling Your Soul, then I don't need to say in Sell Yourself Without Selling Your Soul. Exactly. Great. You know, right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Susan, as we wrap up, why don't you let tell us who your ideal client is and how they can get in touch with you. Yeah, so my ideal client is the person who wants to become, um, who's either expert, authority, or thought leader, who wants to develop their um, branding through 
their key messaging that goes across all of their, not just media, but really it's across your entire brand. And the clients who are um, get the best results really work with me to create this kind of messaging that then they begin to use it for one of my ideal clients used it to write a book, to get um, create better meetings, to um, give better speeches too. So I think it can really be all of that. And then also I really work with people who want to get a, a six-figure book advance. So before you write your book, through writing your book and your thought leadership development. And how can they get in touch with you? They can reach me at prsecrets.com and right on that website, if you want to connect with me, there is a place where you can um, fill out an application to speak with me for a 15-minute free consult. Thank you for being with us today, Susan. Thank you so much. Pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Write Your Book in a Flash podcast with Dan Janelle, the only podcast that shows you exactly how people just like you have built their businesses by writing a book. If you'd like to write your book but don't know where to start, you can find great information at writeyourbookinaflash.com. If you're ready to take your next step to write the book that can transform your business, I invite you to schedule a free, no-obligation consulting call with me by going to writeyourbookinaflash.com. We'll be back next week with another insightful interview to help you become a top business leader.